Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the No Worries Game Podcast. This is Randy, and today we'll, we're talking about just Zelda, just all Zelda. And I also have a guest with me. Hello, my name is Caleb. And Caleb, how long have you been playing Zelda? Um, I uh, have been playing Zelda since I was a wee toddler. A wee toddler, yes. So you've been playing for a really long time, and it's probably one of your favorite uh, franchises, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I grew up, in, essentially, I've been told I was raised with a controller in my hands. My, <laughs> my dad played Ocarina at the time. Yeah. Uh, as a kid, mm-hmm. I watched him play it all the time, so I I probably was playing it when I was four years old. I was playing OOT. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez, that's a, that's a really long time. I didn't start playing myself until I was like... 13 at least that's my that was my my first ever zelda game was definitely twilight princess mm-hmm. and then i loved it so much that i needed to play all of them right and that's where my zelda crush started <laughs> right and uh i i definitely uh i got twilight princess um i'm not sure if it was an early birthday present mm-hmm. uh, i remember um i got into a fight with my little sister and yeah my dad was like, if you don't behave, you're not getting uh, your early present. Not getting Twilight Princess. Yeah, and then um, I behaved, and I apologized to my sister and everything, and uh, a couple hours later, my dad handed me Twilight Princess for the GameCube. <laughs> and, like, that, I think that was the last Zelda on the GameCube, and mm-hmm. then the first one on the Wii. It was, yeah, they dual-released it for... Um, the Wii uh, and the GameCube because this is, I think, when the Wii like first came out. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to really put uh, put it to the test for like people who were uh, excited about a new console and yeah. uh, wanted to experience it with motion control because back then, obviously, motion controls were like the new and exciting thing. Mm-hmm. Even if they weren't always the most accurate things in the world. <laughs> Are you referring to what happened with the the 360s mm-hmm. motion control they use your entire body but uh anyways no yeah twilight princess you know since we're talking about it you know that was a really dark game i don't know about you but mm-hmm. it was like nightmare inducing almost yeah twilight princess had some a uh, really dark them uh some dark thematics to it and it was definitely really appreciate darker zelda games because mm-hmm. um you you get games like um, Wind Waker, uh, mm-hmm. which is like a fantastical adventure, like on the high seas. But then mm-hmm. you get games like Twilight Princess, where it's like, um, just starting off, it's just like, well, crap, all of my friends are gone, and I don't know if they're alive or dead. <laughs> and Link, Link has to go through this perilous journey just to rescue the people it cares about, and then right. it goes from rescuing people it cares about just to saving the the land yeah as, as the zelda games do at least <laughs> yeah 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 and that, i remember the story you know where it starts off it was you know link going to hyrule to become mm-hmm. a knight and then you know he just gets sucked into this twilight area right. turns into the you know spoilers for those who ever played but he turns into a wolf right right and um i'm not sure if it was him going to be a knight as much as it he was going to make a uh, delivery run. Um, delivery run? I think so, because mm-hmm. he was... Uh, I can't remember. I think his name was Raul. Yeah, he, Raul. Yeah, Raul yeah. was like, hey, I have this sword, and I need to deliver it to uh, Hyrule. Would mm-hmm. you like to go in my stead? Hmm. That's what I remember, at least. It's been a little minute, a little bit since I've played Twilight Princess myself. No worries. Um... But yeah, I think it was more less of Link becoming a knight himself and more Link just doing a favor for just someone in Ordon Village, which is where you start off at. Right, right, right. And that's that's crazy because you know he went from just you know needed to deliver something to having to save an entire nation. <laughs> so like, so you you mentioned about the dark aspect of. Twilight Princess. Um, how much do you remember um, everything from what was considered dark in Twilight Princess? Cause so, so with Twilight Princess, the the main things that I would consider that were uh, dark, quote unquote. Um, I mean, besides the game, it was quite literally dark because it. it yeah, it, 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 it at was, the beginning it has showed you like okay, make sure your TV settings are bright enough so you can see stuff. Yeah, yeah. like it, it is. It is a dark game, quite literally, because mm-hmm. I mean it's called Twilight Princess because there are areas which are just 
dark. Cover, yeah, they're just covered they're in just black. dark. Yeah. And um uh Yeah, I I think it's, you know, that game is just like you said, just dark and I remember actually some of the enemies in that game like a little monster running off fours mm-hmm. with tentacles as a face. Like that's that's some scary stuff. Right. And the the beasts in that game, the enemies, the twilight enemies are yeah. are a real a real <laughs> no, they're nightmare. Yeah, they're a real, yeah, you, a real you, they're a real sight. You don't want to uh, be by yourself playing that game and just see that thing running at yeah, you. Yeah, you, you wouldn't. Gotta... You wouldn't want to encounter uh, one of the enemies that uh, you encounter early on in that game. Actually, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to encounter one of them in a uh, in a dark alley. No, you, you would. You would most likely just cry and run away. They're not friendly looking. <laughs> and I don't think they're friendly towards you either they're way. not friendly yeah no you just want to run away and that's a good point uh we can talk about like the enemies so there was those monsters mm-hmm. they were called i think they were just called shadow beasts shadow or beasts. something they i don't I, I can't remember the exact name i had i had the guidebook when i was younger i got the guidebook for christmas and right it right. was super i was super happy about it but super um, informational and everything yeah and my favorite thing was always looking through the glossary and looking at the enemies and stuff yeah um but uh yeah the, the main the main, one of the first enemies you see when you get uh uh slight spoiler when you get dragged over i'll just leave it at that yeah is, yeah that's is one of these enemies and they're mm-hmm. dragging link um but what was it the beast that dragged Link, or was it uh the kind of like the helper like we all know about um it, it was a beast because um Link ends up in front of a wall, and then it grabs him through the wall and pulls him over. Mm, I see, I see. Yeah, and then eventually he ends up, you know, I know we're explaining the story here, but in jail, and now he's a wolf, which is, I think, is really cool. And they even have an amiibo for that, so if you guys Mm -hmm. haven't seen the amiibo, definitely check out the amiibo. Yeah, the wolf Link amiibo. Yeah. I think they have a wolf Link amiibo, and then they have a Smash amiibo that has a Twilight Princess, like, uh, tunic. Right. Which is really neat. Um, and both of those unlock some cool stuff in Breath of the Wild, just a little FYI. Anyways, so in, in Twilight Princess, do you remember, like, um, any of, like, the boss fights or did oh. any of the boss fights kind of, you know, oh, yeah. um, leave an impact on you in any way? When I was a kid, I played through it. One of my favorite things about the game was when you fight the bosses, Yeah. like, I think they all each have their, u- their own unique theme, mm-hmm. which in of itself is just really neat because it's just a a big attention to detail there but whenever you like you know get the enemy to a point where you can damage it Mm -hmm. um like one of the bosses you have to hit it with a bomb and Mm -hmm. then once you hit it with the bomb it's you know vulnerable to attack right and when it's vulnerable to attack the music changes and it becomes very triumphant and it just becomes uh really uh, exciting really exciting and it always gave me goosebumps when I played through it I was just I just was like oh yeah like it just hyped me up oh yeah I'm about to destroy this boss I'm about to totally you know freaking throw this bomb at it and make sure that never comes back mm-hmm. I don't know about you I was I, I remember finding some of the bosses in there and they were just like I don't know I wouldn't say I would say what made what made me remember these bosses is kind of like the way you had to use the item that you get in that dungeon, and then yeah. you have to use it on the boss. And I think yeah. that's pretty universal to every Zelda game, yeah. except for Breath of the Wild, I guess. Yeah, but, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I mean, Breath of the Wild doesn't really have dungeons. I wouldn't even count. Uh, I wouldn't even count the Divine Beasts as dungeons. They're, they're, they're essentially just. Um, and I don't mean when I say glor when I say glorified shrines, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying. <laughs> It's just like if you took like ten different shrines and just threw them together, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing. No, uh, no, Breath of the Wild did it well. Um, I am hopeful though for Breath of the Wild two that they bring back dungeons, and it well, seems like if the game takes place underground, like it looks like it's going to. Uh, I think it will. So you brought up a good point. So you're saying okay, so we know that Breath of the Wild. I know we kind of switched gears there, but mm-hmm. you mentioned Breath of the Wild not having dungeons and you're hoping that they bring back right. that kind of style of Zelda game where there's dungeons and you brought up a good point saying where they're at, they're underground, so mm-hmm. maybe there might be dungeons, but do you think, like, what what would have to happen in your opinion 
in Breath of the Wild 2 for there to, like, be dungeons just come out of nowhere, you know? Because a lot of things seem like they just come out of the ground, like the little right. towers yeah. that you go to to uh, activate, like, a point where you can fast travel. Mm-hmm. They just come out of the ground, so why not have these dungeons come out of the ground or have these places that have significance come out of the ground, right. you know? So I think... Um because in the in the trailer for Breath of the Wild two, and they mm-hmm. could have just thought about it, but in the trailer, if I can, if I recall, yeah, they don't actually have any of the towers um, throughout uh, the land. Like there, mm-hmm. sh- and there should be at least uh, two towers that would have been uh, easily visible. But you mm-hmm. only see, you only see just Hyrule, right, as itself. And, so, sorry, and no, it's uh, okay. I just wanted to also ask, like. In the trailer, correct me if I'm wrong, but did they show where they were at when they were f- going into this li- little like layer or I don't know what you call it, this underground? I they don't specifically express where it's at, but I'm my guess is that they're exploring a cave system or potentially some hidden thing underneath Hyrule or Hyrule Castle itself. Right. That's my guess because. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spoiler: If you have not seen the trailer, you they find what looks to be like a mummified uh, Ganondorf, like a mummified male. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Gerudo. Gerudo. There we go. Yeah, Gerudo. There, and then, <laughs> and then there's like a seal around him, and then Link gets close to it, and it it looks almost like he a- accidentally absorbs mm-hmm. the seal that was around it himself, mm-hmm. and that it it comes to life. Right. And I wonder, like, I know where we're talking about, you know, what Breath of the Wild 2 could be, but it's always interesting to know, like, some of the clues that they included in that trailer or what it might be. You know, I'm hoping that. I wonder if there's going to be some sort of twist, like, will is it actually Ganon? Is Ganon actually evil or is the stuff coming out of him evil? Will we actually see, a like, a good Ganondorf? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that that's always fun to think about, but um, but definitely turning back our attention to like uh, Twilight Princess. Um, what do you think of the? You know, you mentioned dungeons. What do you think of the dungeons that were in the Twilight Princess? Do you think they were, you know, a little bit easier, harder, um, maybe? You know, I think uh, Twilight Princess dungeons were pretty okay. Uh, I don't remember getting particularly stuck on any of them besides maybe the water temple. Right. But, I mean, it's a water temple in the Zelda game. <laughs> and water temple is always like hard. It, I don't feel like it's going to be easy. <laughs> so so you, you mentioned, like, you know, you said it's a water temple in Zelda. I don't think they're all easy. So in all the other Zelda games, do you think water temples are always the hardest temples? So in Ocarina of Time, that water temple... It's not actually as hard as you think. It's just there's it's just a very strict pattern, and if you don't right. remember what you've done, then you're just gonna get lost. Right, you're gonna get um, stuck. Majora's Mask Water Temple. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's all that bad either. It's kind of linear, but also mm-hmm. like again, you have to kind of know where you've been and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in Twilight Princess, I think I got stuck the most mm-hmm. in the ice. Uh, not really a temple, but in uh, the ice temple. Unquote, temple. Right, right, right. Which I, is, I understand. <laughs> which is just the Yeti's place. Right. Yeah, that, yeah, I remember the quote unquote temple, Ice Temple. And uh, I don't know, I think, you know, Twilight Princess was probably one of the last ones, last uh, Zelda games I played where I kind of struggled a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, because, I mean, granted, it was my first one, but still, um, there's a definite like decrease in difficulty as right. you keep playing newer Zelda games. I mean, in my opinion. You know, maybe 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 the dungeons and stuff were easier for a reason, you know. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just, you know, they're trying to get a whole new uh crowd of people to play, but yeah. I think with Breath of the Wild they definitely did that. But uh you mentioned Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. Yes. So you've played so you've played those before? Um I don't think there's a Zelda game I've never actually played before. I think I've played <laughs> all of them. Now, have I beaten all of them? Absolutely not. I've never beaten Zelda 1, 2. I've never beaten um, A Link to the Past. Yeah. Um, I beat Oracle Seasons, but never Oracle of Ages. So mm-hmm. I've, 
I've definitely, I think, you, played... You've dabbled in all I've, of them. Yes, I've, I would say I've dabbled in all of the Zelda games. I've not completed all of the Zelda games, though. So, so let's... All right, so which... Okay. So which uh, Zelda game do you think has the best dungeon design or the best level design? Ooh, that's... And you don't have to... Okay, I wouldn't say you have to pick your favorite, but which which ones are in, like, the... In the talkings, you know. So I'm gonna say, um, mainly, mainly more for a, uh, what what's the word I want to use here? Mainly Boys. for the fact that uh, this game was under a strict time limit. Right. Uh, quite literally, Majora's Mask's uh, dungeon design, I think, is by far <laughs> one of the best ones. Um, yeah. Not necessarily because the dungeons themselves are the greatest in the mm-hmm. world, because. I mean, maybe they're not. I, I love Majora's Mask. No, this my, is just your opinion. This yeah, is what you think. It's my favorite Zelda game, but right. uh, Majora's Mask had a very uh, strict development cycle. I don't remember yeah. the exact time. I right. think it was a year or less to create less. another uh, GameCube, or not GameCube, uh, N64 Zelda game mm-hmm. before uh, the uh, time ran out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, they made a game that you know, gives you a good amount of playtime considering mm-hmm. the fact that they reuse a lot of assets from Ocarina Time, they reuse the game engine. Mm-hmm. And the dungeon designs themselves are uh I think they're pretty good. Yeah. No, that's definitely fair. And, you know, I don't I don't even knock you on, you know, saying like, Oh yeah, be, or being biased or anything. I definitely think, um, for what I've seen with Majora's Mask, it definitely has some cool looking level mm-hmm. design and the story is good too. We didn't even get to that yet, but um, to me, the Zelda game that I think has the uh, one of the best like level designs is you know Skyward Sword. But I'm being biased because yeah. I love Skyward Sword. It was like, but like one of my favorite ones just because I mean I'm biased because of the story. But right. even the level designs were pretty good and the bosses were great. But anyways, back on to. Uh, Majora's Mask. So, uh, how many times have you played it? How many times have I played Majora's Mask? I've played it, um, maybe around not a whole lot of times. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my first time, I actually like went through and hundred percented it. I played it on. Um, uh, I don't. I don't actually remember what I played it on, but I played it, and uh, I think I was in middle school. And yeah. I just was like, I'm going to go through and 100% the game. And I did. I went, I used a guide. I found all the heart pieces. I yeah. found all the the secrets in the game that I could uh, manage. Right. And, you know, I felt good. And I think that's where part of my love for 100% in games comes from. Right. Because I I enjoy 100% in games. If the game warrants uh, completion. Because, like, um, sometimes, like... Sometimes games are good, but sometimes games are worth putting the effort to 100%. get. Yeah, to get so, everything. So when people, so when you say a hundred percent, for people who don't know, like, what do you mean by hundred percent? So I mean, hundred like percent story, hundred percent of um, all the tasks you could possibly do in a game. Like, what do you right. mean by that? So, like on the PlayStation Three and the PlayStation Four mm-hmm. and even the Xbox, usually there's an achievement list. Mm-hmm. And when I say 100%, I mean going through and getting Every the game. achievement that says you got all the other achievements. Yeah. That's what I mean when I say 100%. I I mean, you went through, you got your money's worth. You got everything in the game that you possibly could. You got yeah. you got to experience the game and everything the developers wanted you to experience. Fair deal. No, that's a good point there. And, like, and for Zelda, though, I know in Breath of the Wild, you know, you can take pictures of mm-hmm. all the animals and do all this other stuff outside of the game like do all the favors for people and whatnot but how do you 100% a game like Majora's Mask when that kind of concept probably really I mean in my opinion was kind of new because mm-hmm. you know in those games back in those times I think uh, I know Banjo-Kazooie might have had that and uh, I think Bomberman 64 as well but in Legend of Zelda game like that's this old how you 100% without you know how you 100% a game like that when it's just more story driven well a game like Majora's Mask the story in of itself is relatively short um (laughs) what the the main the main gimmick is that in Majora's Mask you you're on a three-day system and 
I know I have plenty of friends that have told me before, they go, Caleb, I think the three-day system is incredibly stressful. How do you play it? And I'm like, <laughs> it's a challenge. Right. You're against the clock to do what you can. Mm-hmm. And essentially, and it is possible to beat the game in, in two cycles, mm-hmm. um, uh, but it is is difficult, incredibly so, difficult to do. So you, you mentioned these three-day cycles. I mean, for those of people that are listening who don't know what these three-day cycles are in Majora's Mask, what, what would you say they are? So the main way that the developers got the most uh, time mm-hmm. out of Majora's Mask mm-hmm. is by having it so you can, you go through, right. on your first on your first go through, you you get turned into a creature. Some sort of creature. A creature. <laughs> in case you haven't played Majora's Mask, which I would highly suggest it. <laughs> I mean, but I'm biased, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I get it. You don't want to spoil anything yeah. for anybody. I get it. Go ahead, though. But, so there's so for like speedrunning terms, there's the cycles, and you can't you can't beat it in one cycle because the first cycle you're trapped in a position where you can't actually like do anything proper. Yeah. But then, uh, every essentially every time three days pass, you have to reset time, mm-hmm. or the world ends and you get a game over. And how does the world end? Um, in Majora's Mask, there's a giant time. moon with a creepy face, and it's going to plummet and destroy everything. <laughs> why? Why just? Why don't the people just move out of the way? <laughs> well, people, people have, are split. There are people that are like, well, we'll leave. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who are like, no, you cowards, you stay. <laughs> you and, stay and take the moon impact like everybody else. Because <laughs> in Majora's Mask, yeah. there's people that think the moon won't fall. Right. And then there's people that want to evacuate the people to be safe. Mm-hmm. And they're really split. And mm-hmm. there's, if you go, there's like... Uh, one of the side things is you can go to the mayor's office of this uh, place. It's called Clock Town, mm-hmm. and you can see you can see the arguments between these two groups. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially, you can just get to experience the culture a bit of of the like the world's culture, mm-hmm. and see how they deal with certain yeah, issues and, and see just, how their problem solving is. Yeah, because okay. because the the game the characters have a life like. Every character in the game, well, every, like, uh, mainly uh, important character that you can interact with, um, they have a routine. Right. Um, Their routine changes based off of how you, the player slash Link, interacts with them. Mm -hmm. And overall, uh, what you can do is you can just change characters' fates. You can rescue characters, you can prevent them from going through uh, uh, fates. You can, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain everything without giving anything away, but essentially... No, no, I, well, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. yeah, I get it, I get it. The game has four temples. Right. Four temples slash five-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not really a lot of gameplay, but there's so much side stuff in the game mm-hmm. that it gives you... Um, a decent amount of playtime. That's fair, and, and that's and that's really cool. Um, like I myself, I played Majora's Mask, but it's been a year since I played it, so I don't remember everything. But you know, as I'm you know watching you play it now, I'm like, wow, I remember going through this, and it was the hardest thing ever because right. I was playing this. Um, I think this was actually like the third Zelda game I played um, after Twilight Princess, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no, that's really cool. I didn't know I totally forgot about that whole aspect of you know changing the characters fates even though they're NPCs yeah they also have a life to live mm-hmm. it's not it's just like Animal Crossing you know they keep going right. even if you're not playing so that's that's always a pretty neat so um <clears throat> switching gears a little bit though how about Ocarina of Time the people would call like the greatest game or greatest Nintendo game ever um I, you've played that before, right? Right. Um, and what what do you remember about playing that? So I actually this is uh, this goes back to watching my dad play Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Um, my dad had beat like Ocarina of Time completely. Right. But what I would do is I would pick up a save file. Yeah. And I would go through and I would do a part of the final. Mm-hmm. The, I would do part of the final boss, mm-hmm. and then there's a sequence. Or your times, and as a kid, timing things was like absolutely frightening. Yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah. get into Majora's Mask until I was much older. Right, right. 
but I would I would go. I don't I don't care what my dad was doing. I'd mm-hmm. go. I'd be like, Dad, I need you to do this for me. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I would make him come through, and I make him beat. I would do the first half, and then I would make him do the other half and just beat the game for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that always made me super happy <coughs> as a kid. Um, That's fair. And I actually uh, learned a word not correctly. When I was a kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I was uh, probably three or four, like, words were something I was, like, working on, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, a, as you, as everyone else would, too. <laughs> yeah, um, and I, and I, one time, uh, I was just crying, I kept calling, I kept saying the word hottie, like, hottie, 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 yeah, yeah. um, and my parents were like, what, what's he going on about? We, we have no idea, but, like, I was upset. Yeah. And it was and then my dad went to play Ocarina of Time and he booted it up and uh, on the title sequence Link is riding on a horse that's going through Hyrule Field or whatever. Field. Yeah, yeah. And when I saw the horse, I freaked out huh. and I I was like, "Hottie, hottie!" Oh. And what I wanted yeah, yeah, was yeah. the horse. Yeah, yeah. And my parents like was like, "Oh, okay." And they like put two and two together and was like, "Okay, he wanted to see the horse." <laughs> and they they had spent they had spent hours trying to be like, "What is this kid going on about?" <laughs> and it was I just wanted to see the horse in the game. Right. That's funny. I mean, hey, I mean, eventually you would get the eventual horse that is Epona. Right. Eventually. Um I forget how you get um if you get Epona like later on in the game or if you get Epona right at the beginning. You get Epona um, after uh, after you get because there's how many temples? I guess dungeons. Like I think there's about eight. Yeah, eight. About eight dungeons. Um, After you go through, I believe the fourth because you need you need Epona to get to. Mm -hmm. I think. You need opponent to get to uh, the fifth or sixth temple. Yeah, you use the yeah. sixth temple because you have to you have to jump over a gate which you can't get to. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, so you have to get opponent mm-hmm. about the sixth. But you can do it anytime after you turn. A slight spoiler, but it's after okay. you turn, I mean, to, after right, you turn right. into an adult, you can get opponent at any time. Right. Because uh, you just go through. You play the song. You have to challenge this jerk who took over the farm yeah <laughs> or, and you beat him and did, then was that mario or something then it's, says mario. it's it's ingo his name is ingo mm-hmm. but he looks uh he looks like luigi oh yeah, yeah, yeah talon looks like mario oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and then a little easter egg is uh, there's a character named Milan and on her on her chest yeah. uh is a bowser brooch that's funny but um representing nintendo the right way but i've I don't know if I've, I've actually 100% Ocarina of Time, but I've done a lot of Ocarina of Time randomizers, which just takes the item pool, the items in the game and just shuffles it around, and it, it basically makes the game, like, infinite replayable. Yeah, and you know what? When you bring up, you know, 100%ing uh, Ocarina of Time, when I played Ocarina of Time, I think I just finished the story. I don't think I've done everything that, like you mentioned before, that the developers will want you to do. That's only because I wasn't expecting there to be anything else to do. Um, I know that in Twilight Princess, you know, you have the, uh, the 50-floor dungeon, mm-hmm. but I wasn't sure if that was something like that was available in every Zelda game. Right. But, um, my time playing Ocarina, um, I definitely thought that it was hard, mm-hmm. like, for sure. Like, I, like, some of the bosses in that game, you don't really know how to beat them. Right. Because they don't really... I mean, yeah, uh, Navi might tell you, like, hey, here's a hint or something. Yeah. But I genuinely, like, I had a tough time figuring out, like, okay, I know I got hit the eye, because I think it was, like, the first or second. Right. I can't remember which uh, um, boss this was or where it came from in the... Or where it was... Yeah. Or when you would face it in Ocarina. But it was a boss that had, like, three um, legs and it had eyeball. I'm like, I know I have to attack the eyeball somehow. But, you know, I couldn't figure out exactly how right. to reach it. But, you know, I had, like... I don't know, Ocarina, Ocarina was definitely a harder one for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, but definitely, um, 100%ing that, I didn't do for sure. But I know for sure I 100%ed uh, Twilight Princess because mm-hmm. that 50-floor dungeon... Oh, yeah. Man, I, I just got bomb arrows, and I just went, like, through the first... I think it was, like, floor... 15 
like for those who don't know, I know it might be a spoiler, but the 100% achievement or the extra stuff to do that the developers intend for you to do at Twilight Princess is the 54th dungeon. It is, just to interrupt real quick, it is called the Cave of Ordeals. The Cave of the Ordeals? Ordeals, yeah. Ordeals, okay. I didn't know the name, I just know you had yeah. to 54s. Um, anyways, but I remember, because I think, I know it's spoilers, but in this dungeon you have to fight like every monster you ever encountered oh, yeah. in the game. You fight literally everything you've ever seen in the game, besides like the bosses and mid-bosses. Right. And some of those, like some of the... Um, some of the enemies you wanted to use certain items to beat them mm-hmm. and most of the time as bomb arrows right for sure i know for the like the 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 knights i can't remember what those they're are called. called dark nuts dark nuts yeah i remember those were a little bit harder so you mm-hmm. probably want to wear the the golden money armor so that yeah. way you could take hits and only use only lose like uh rupees which right. um that's a spoiler you get cool armor that doesn't take away hearts but take away is like uh, it takes away your it takes away your money that you have but as soon as you run out of money it becomes you basically get slowed really hard so it's not really worth wearing at that point no you only want to wear it when you don't want to lose all your hearts yeah but also when you have the money to spare you don't need to buy things yeah 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 i just i just remember getting like the maximum money you can get and just going in and Swinging for the heavens when I fought those dark nuts because so, those are hard. Yeah, what's up? So I actually remember doing the Cave of Ordeals for the first time, and the main thing I remember was uh, the room with three dark nuts, or maybe it was four even. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and, I remember that too. And what I did, and this is super cheesy, was I just took my bombs, I chucked them because before every time you enter a new room, you're you're above the enemies, so you right. don't have to. You don't have. You can jump down and fight them. Yeah. But. What I did was I just grabbed bombs and I just threw them over. I just I chucked them. I chucked them over <laughs> the edge, and I and I damaged the dark nuts as much as I could before I actually jumped down. Before I ran out of bombs. Right, right. And I took off. So they, there's two phases with dark nuts. They're the the super slow, clunky moving yeah. uh, version. But as soon as you destroy the armor and their armor falls off, yeah, then they become a lot faster. Right. And uh, I think after they become faster, they avoid all bomb attacks. Right. But uh, I do remember at least taking off a good chunk of their armor. I can't. I think there were like two or three different floors with those dark nuts. But yeah, usually, or I, I think if I'm remembering this correctly, usually it was either I think one dungeon floor was like one dark nut, and then another dungeon floor was two, and then the last yeah. floor was like four. That's what. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and you mentioned your way of being them, my way of being them. It's just putting on that armor that allowed me to, you know, lose rupees instead yeah. of hearts. Just went down there and just swing it for the heavens. <laughs> yeah. And that definitely, that definitely works because, like, I mean, that armor, like, you, you go through a little process to you want to get the chance to buy the armor. And then, like, yeah. you want to make sure you have the money to really uh, spare um, to use it. Because, like I said before, like, once you run out of rupees, it's just... I don't think it even tanks hits anymore. You just become super slow. And it's yeah. not worth wearing. And and what and what, I forget what was the prize or what was the reward for completing it? Wasn't it the Hylian Shield? No, you already ha- you already get the Hylian Shield. Um, in Skyward Sword, uh, doing certain there's like a trial system as well, and doing it rewards the Hylian Shield. Oh, so I must be thinking of that one. Um, in Twilight Princess, uh, I can't remember exactly what you get. I don't- I'll probably look it up later. I can't remember either. I know that you can get Great Fairy's Tears while going through it. Right, right, right. Which, um, Great Fairy's Tears gives you, like, bonus damage, uh, refills your health, uh, completely. Basically, like, a lot of buffs. Yeah, basically it just buffed you up. Mm. But, um, I can't remember what, I actually really can't remember what the, the final, uh, what it gives you at the end of it. Yeah, because, you mean, you go through a lot, and I'm pretty sure they would give you something worth your while. But um, we'll, we'll we'll look it up um, as soon as we uh, get done with this, anyways. But that was one of the hundred um, percent achievements you can do is by completing that dungeon. So that way, you know, um, you can get gain some reward that would help you allow you to hundred percent it. Did you find it? What it, was it? It is an it is uh, an extra bottle with the great fairy tears in it. 
Oh yeah, you get another you get bottle. bottle. <laughs> it looks like he's so happy. He just went through fighting he just, every. He just went through quite literal hell, just to just to get an extra bottle. <laughs> but bottles in Zelda games are are always like a special kind of uh, a special kind of item because there's usually um, maybe not all of them, but I know in a lot of them. Yeah. There's usually some kind of boss or mid-boss fight where if you use the bottle, you can actually fight with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they use it a lot of speedrunning, too, right? They yeah, use so, uh, the bottles to get some sort of value inside of it, and then mm-hmm. you end up somewhere else. Yeah, so um, in Ocarina Time, and I think maybe Majora's Mask, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a glitch with the bottles called Rent a Bottle Adventure, yeah. and, uh, or RBA for short. Yeah. And what you do is... Essentially, um, you use the bottle. I don't know like how to do it completely, right, but right. essentially, if you have certain items on certain buttons on your uh, on your uh, for the C buttons, which yeah. are three of them, there's yeah. left, down, and right. Yeah. Um, depending on what what items are where, it'll read from a memory in the game, mm. and it will. Uh, uh, what it does is, all it does is simply uh, just gives you an item based off of that value. Right. Which is just a way to manipulate the game to beat the game faster. Right, and that and speedrunners <clears throat> do that a lot, and that's like a, um, you know, that's a common thing that mm-hmm. that's that happens in Zelda games, where it's specifically in speedruns. Which, you know, if you want to try to break your game, go ahead. Yeah, I like I like the concept of speedrunning. Um, while I've been playing through uh, Majora's Mask, I've been uh, taking a few like easier tricks that I've uh, I've done before to. Do some things. Mm-hmm. So now you know we're talking about Twilight Princess's uh, little dungeon. Let's let's talk about Skyward Sword, which is you know the one that came out for the second one that came out for Wii. Mm-hmm. And that one was interesting because that that the story in that one was not about Ganon per se. It was about the no spoilers here, but it was about somebody else who has some sort of curse that was upon the generations of Link and Zelda's later on, so there'll always be that evil there. And what really intrigued me about, like I said, Twilight Princess, ah, Twilight Princess, freaking, um, Skyward Sword was like, that's technically like the first Link or like the first hero. Which I love knowing about the history of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about, you know, what you think about that, but you know, seeing where it all started is always a cool thing for me in these in this in these games. Right. Um, knowing knowing where a game begins truly is always a uh, a special kind of. Um, I don't know. It's just it's always like nice to see, especially with a game like Zelda. Yeah. Where uh, you get to properly just kind of see the origins. You get to see uh, what happens. The characters like obviously there's a Link, a Zelda, and then uh, an evil, an evil incarnate. And because of Skyward Sword is why there's a curse. Why right? there's always a hero, a princess who is a reincarnation of the goddess, and mm-hmm. uh, evil incarnate. Yeah, and that's that's really neat, and um, yeah, it looks good too. I mean, like oh, yeah. you know, I know they changed the style from that. You know, I wouldn't say rough, but kind of realistic mm-hmm. link to like a more, uh, you know, I wouldn't say cartoonish either. I'd say more of a soft looking link. Yeah. Uh, Zelda game. So I mean, that was that was new for uh, that for that series, but uh, I don't know. It went from being all dark and Twilight Princess, and then to the next game. Skyward Sword to being all, you know, light. But it did have scary moments in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember um, there's a point where you got to collect tears, which actually uh, is also in Twilight Princess. You got to collect tears to get the light spirits back. Um, but in in uh, Skyward Sword, it was a little bit more intense, to say the least. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I remember you had to... You had a time limit, right? And you had to search for these tears. Right. And what I mean by tears, I mean actually like, it's like these droplets of light that you yeah. have to collect. And you're, you end up in this somewhat of the spirit world as mm-hmm. Link, and then you have to go around these 
how what, what would you call those like their their spirits or like guardians or so something i i believe it's like um because the it's like an, it's like it's still in the same like area but it's right. like in a in a spiritual world. like a spirit world i guess yeah. Um, and there are guardians in the world that you have to, like, avoid. And I think they one-shot you if they see you, so you can't... It's like, you have to be stealthy, but Zelda isn't... Zelda series isn't really known for stealthy. being a stealthy kind of game. No. And those and those guardians were pretty uh, scary. They were scary. As soon as they saw you and they started charging for you. Yeah, they make this siren noise as soon as they see you. And it's like, oh, that's, that's spooky. I'm not, I gotta get away from that. And I know they have points... Um, they had like little safe spots you can yeah. be in and it wouldn't attack you but they know where you are and they're going to look for, like they're not looking for you they're, they know where you're at and they're mm-hmm. going to where you're at so that's what made it a little bit more challenging but uh, I don't know I just I just think Skyward Sword had a lot of uh, also a lot of like good mechanics I know that one had like the Wii Motion Plus and mm-hmm. you can only like you know I mean you could swing but it wasn't like a swing it's more like a sometimes right uh and i remember um you know fighting those enemies and it wasn't the same as what breath of the wild was or what twilight i mean twilight princess was similar but it was still different and it was a little bit more motion control based and i don't know i think i, I really like skyward sword in a sense of it had that wear out again mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the 100% achievement was. I know you could go back and fight the bosses. By the way, the boss fights were insane in that game. It's been forever since I played Skyward Sword. I think I played Skyward Sword last in uh, probably when I was in 7th or 8th grade. Mm-hmm. And that was like its uh, 15th or 20th anniversary or something. It was its 15th, I believe. 15th? It was, it was, it was fun. Like, I remember playing that and just enjoying the the like I mentioned earlier in the podcast like the um, level design and the way you fought bosses like I never had so much fun fighting certain bosses because there's multiple ways to beat the bosses and man that was fun and not to mention you were basically riding on a sky uh, what's what's the what's the birds called they're called loft wings. Loft wings. So let's go sky loft. Sky loft is the city. Sky loft is the yeah. The the village or whatever in the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, like, so let's talk about the story of all the games. So we, I know you, you, you had the informative book about all the Zelda games and where they fall on that list. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the middle part? where Ocarina of Time kind of branches off into, like, three different timelines. So, I, I think that the the Hyrule Historia... Yeah. Um, I think that the book itself is cool. Right. I think the timeline, even when they came out with the timeline originally, I don't think it was super accurate. Mm-hmm. I think it was decently accurate, because I do believe Ocarina of Time is where it splits, for sure. I, I don't doubt that. But where where they would say like oh this game comes after this one i don't i don't have an example exactly like for like you mean for example um if adult link never or if link never comes back Mm -hmm. to being a kid again and goes into twilight princess where link starts off as an adult like i think i think things like that are accurate but i i think that when they uh when they made it they weren't like completely sure what they were doing mm-hmm. so like there were a couple discrepancies like there's the there's there's three timelines there's the hero has fallen where link gets defeated by ganon mm-hmm. there's ganon is defeated or ganon is sealed away um oh i thought it wasn't like i thought one of them was like uh like all three of those are make sense but i thought it was like you know link doesn't return to his kid form that's one timeline, and then another timeline is Link goes back to being a kid again. And maybe, maybe it's that. I, th- I always thought, of, or at least I remember it as being either the hero is defeated or yeah, the hero is defeated, which is where Ganon basically beats Link, yeah. which leads to... The uh, fir- very first Zelda the game. first Zelda game. <laughs> which that, I mean, I barely know that story. You had to read the booklet to... Yeah, I, I don't know that at all. Yeah. Um, there's... there's 
uh, Ganon is uh, sealed away, yeah. which I think leads to eventually Wind Waker. Yeah. Um, and Twilight Princess, I believe, is under that that same tree. Yeah. And then there's, uh, Gan uh, Ganon is defeated, and I think that's when they try to bring back Ganon, like re uh, bring him back to life. I think maybe. <laughs> I don't remember. It's been forever since I've actually like looked at that uh, that book. No worries. And. Uh, I mean, the time, the whole timeline is, you know, it's interesting to look at, especially like, you know, with Breath of the Wild coming in, you know, I don't know if it's like all three timelines kind of merge into Breath of the Wild. Like I, like, I think people are waiting to see where that falls, but you know, it, I think, you know, Breath of the Wild is just the start of a whole new, um, timeline basically. Well, with Breath of the Wild, I once saw a theory that um, it's under the hero has fallen timeline because the cap of the wild in that game yeah. has a yellow sash in it. Yeah. And uh, in the hero has fallen timeline, um, all of the links have uh, on their caps, they have a yellow sash. Mm. But that's, I mean, that's just speculation because also, like, the main thing about Birth of the Wild is that it has both Zoras and Rito. Yeah. And in Wind Waker, the Zoras evolved into the Rito. Hmm. So, take take that like as you will. Yes, <laughs> because what Breath of the Breath of the Wild could be its own thing, because it has references to everything in it. Like yeah. there's Lon Lon Ranch from Ocarina of Time. Mm -hmm. Um, there's obviously I mean this could just be like more like a fan service thing where they have like the different kind of armor from different games. Like yeah. they have Majora's masks. They have uh, Phantom Ganon's armor. Um, they have the. Sh uh, what is it? The guardian armor from like Spirit Tracks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like they have they have that, and that could just be, uh, that could just be like fan service. Be like, oh, you guys like this stuff here. Here's a reference to a game that you might might be your favorite. <laughs> they're just they're just doing, doing everyone justice. All right. For, play, for playing with the wow. So then okay, so that means you know, what's funny is like, you know, Breath of the Wild came out. We all know like in the events of Breath of the Wild, a lot of the champions, you know. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it already, are dead. Right. Right. But, you know, when they release Age of Calamity, you get to see kind of how things were at the beginning. And you could kind of get an idea of what, where it could fall in the timeline based mm -hmm. on that game, too. Right. But, like you said, you know, they have certain species alive and in other games they weren't alive so it's a yeah. little weird um still but you know it's always fun to speculate that kind of stuff in my yeah. opinion theorizing is always fun especially like when it comes to games like zelda which are just very vast in its lore oh yeah it's super deep like you can just get conspiracies and be like oh yeah maybe link is the actual <laughs> the actual villain of the entire series you just didn't know <laughs> Right. I don't think it's one like that, but no. I think it's, you know, someone can spin it around and make it that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you have any, like, uh, final thoughts or anything about Zelda in its entirety? I think the Zelda franchise is a very, and this, this, isn't, this isn't necessarily, like, just because the Zelda franchise is my favorite franchise. Yeah. Because there are definitely games I've played that have easily, like, beaten some Zelda games I've played in terms of like quality mm -hmm. but I think the Zelda franchise even though it might not be perfect right um, I think the Zelda franchise has a lot of uh, a lot of homes in people's hearts because mm -hmm. uh, one reason or another like you know ba based off the gameplay or the story or the characters in the game mm -hmm. like I think Nintendo has done well by keeping the Zelda franchise as alive as they have. Yeah, and uh, kind of appreciating it like they do uh, Mario. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think there'll ever be some sort of uh, live-action film like they did with Mario? So... <laughs> or I, uh, do, you, do you want them to just keep it in the game? <laughs> I, I, think, I think there are certain series, um, including Zelda, that would be okay with not a live-action but like an animated adaptation, like mm. on Netflix, right. and they had a, they actually had a cartoon for both the Mario Brothers and the Zelda right. 
uh, when I watched both of them as a kid, and I and I thought they were great, but like looking back on it now, they're not are, great. Are you talking about the one, uh, the Zelda one that was on the, like the DVD yeah. console? Oh yeah, that. Now that's some very memeful memeful content. So definitely, uh, if y'all listening haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's definitely funny to watch. But anyways, go ahead. But um, I think Netflix adaptation of like an animated series, maybe similar to how Avatar is, mm-hmm. even um, would be okay. And I know they were talking about it before with uh, I think Star Fox. And Star Fox is another franchise I think is really good but really underappreciated yeah yeah that yeah star fox is a little you know tougher to you know for people to enjoy just because of the way the gameplay is mm-hmm. you know i think they're trying to get on the right foot but you know it's you know it's gonna work out sooner or later but uh yeah. um so do you okay so if they do make this adaptation this anime adaptation where should they start in the beginning like skyward sword beginning or should they just leave off somewhere and just have it you know have the main character which would be link just remember like oh yeah this is what happened in the past like start getting his memories back or his past lives or something like that i think i think if they're gonna do a series they should do it based off of zelda games themselves Mm -hmm. and i think starting at skyward sword wouldn't be bad but i think starting it somewhere like Ocarina of Time wouldn't be a problem either because that's where this timeline splits and they could easily jump into several different games afterwards. Right. Make it, make it easier for the animators to have some well-used content and appreci- like and content that makes it look like they appreciate the game as right. well, which I get that. That's fair. Well, um, you know, do you have anything else to say about the Zelda franchise? just want to say, you know what? Legend of Zelda, you are great. No, Nintendo keep making these games. <laughs> I mean, Nintendo did right by Breath of the Wild. I have high hopes for Breath of the Wild too. Um, I played Age of Calamity. I think it's really fun. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see where the series goes, mm-hmm. and uh, I hope that we can get because the games are great. But I'm really invested in the lore, so I really hope that we can uh, get good lore, get, good story. get even more lore. Yeah. And we have prior. Uh, definitely i i am there with you i hope that we get some good lore and good stories and good uh gameplay all in this breath of the wild too um when it eventually releases i don't know when but hopefully next year but mm-hmm. you know if they gotta take time to do it i'm not gonna knock them on that just keep giving us right. trailers but um well all right well thanks everyone for listening um if you enjoyed the content please look out for um more episodes um of the no worries gang podcast i really appreciate you guys listening um and my episodes might be coming slow due to some um personal um engagements that i have to do um in the coming weeks but definitely look forward to um, more episodes um and then uh, maybe even you know i might transition into uh streaming so um if that interests you please keep checking out um my uh no worries gang podcast and uh, i'll have updates for you guys of where my content is going and we'll go from there but um i really appreciate y'all listening um and thanks again and look forward to the next episode thank you